Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from Rapidly Rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, Harold Stern and Frank Losey get their first birthday segments, we'll really try to succeed in business, see what we can see, and for the final segment, we're just gonna wing it. Last week, March 15th, marked the birth in 1892 in Bialystok, Russia, of Harold Melrose Stern, to Gadali Stern and Fanny Tendetnik. His mother was a singer, and Harold started violin lessons as a small child, but he received formal musical training at the Imperial Conservatory of Music at Petrograd. In 1905, the family emigrated to the U.S. and settled in New York. When he was about 17, Stern was in Churchill's Broadway Theater District restaurant playing his own solo violin arrangement of Victor Herbert's song, Kiss Me Again, when a man asked him who wrote the arrangement. Stern admitted he had, to which the man replied, Do you know who I am? When Stern said no, the man identified himself as Victor Herbert, composer of the tune. The two became lifelong friends, and Stern so loved Herbert's music that he collected band arrangements and orchestrations of everything Herbert wrote. At about age 18, Stern married Estella Gumprecht, also a theatrical musician, and the couple were living with Estella's mother, Balbina, a music teacher. He formed various concert bands and orchestras and played at major venues on both coasts, including the Park Avenue, St. Moritz and Belclair Towers Hotels in New York, the Ambassador and Biltmore Hotels in Los Angeles, and the Roman Pools Bathing Casino at Miami Beach. In 1926, Stern landed a one-week engagement at Joseph P. Day's Manhattan Beach Park in New York, which turned into a 25-year run. Apparently, Stern had a gimmick where he changed his suit every hour on the hour during his appearances. In the 1930s, he had a house custom-built in Manhattan Beach, complete with a room off the basement rehearsal room, just to house his Victor Herbert music collection. Stern was also active on Broadway as musical director for Pleasure Bound and Hell's a Poppin', which opened September 22, 1938, at the 46th Street Theater and ran for a whopping 1,404 performances. Stern was heard regularly on radio, where he played a specially constructed violin of his own design, which incorporated what looked like a phonograph horn to amplify and project the sound coming from the instrument. In the 1950s, Stern relocated to Los Angeles, where he formed a group called Harold Stern and his Singing Strings. The group consisted of up to 25 violins, including Stern's own $100,000 Stradivarius, and as many as five voices, and was resident at the premiere of the Riviera Hotel in Palm Springs in November of 1959. Harold Stern died in Palm Springs, California on December 10, 1960. Here are three from Harold Stern. Thank you. 
in the night a dream that can be heard isn't it romantic morning shadows write the oldest magic world I hear the breezes playing in the trees above while all the world is saying you were meant for love isn't it romantic Merely to be young on such a night as this Isn't it romantic? Every note that's sung is like a lover's kiss 
sweet symbols in the moonlight Do you mean that I will fall in love perchance? Isn't it romance? From the Great American Songbook, Isn't It Romantic? Composed by Richard Rogers with lyrics by Lorenz Hart. It was introduced by Maurice Chevalier in the Paramount picture Love Me Tonight, but has been commercially recorded dozens of times, one of the first by Harold Stern and his orchestra on September 22, 1932, issued on Columbia 2718-D. The vocalist was Bill Smith. William James Smith was born June 4, 1906, in New York to Patrick J. Smith and Roseanne Connolly. He grew up in Providence, Rhode Island, and studied at Georgetown University. In 1929, he returned to New York to study dramatic arts at New York Academy, and the following year joined Stern's orchestra as drummer and vocalist. He was with Stern for eight years before getting into radio until the 1960s. Bill Smith died in 1992. Before Isn't It Romantic was the philosophical foxtrot ballad, I'm All Dressed Up with a Broken Heart, written by Fred Fish, Stella Unger, and Harold Stern. That was Manolo Castro and his Havana Yacht Club Orchestra, and although the band did record in Havana, that recording was made in New York on July 10, 1931, issued on Victor 22766. But the big question is, did you recognize the vocalist? Not someone you normally associate with Havana. That's right, the street singer, Arthur Tracy, who also sang with Harold Stern's orchestra. We started our tribute to Harold Stern with Harold Stern and his Hotel Belle Claire Orchestra with She Belongs to Me, written by Howard Johnson, Andy Rizaf, and Paul Deneker. Edison Diamond Disc 51815 was waxed August 11, 1926. The Hotel Belle Claire opened in 1903 on Manhattan's Upper West Side, and I'm happy to say it's still thriving today. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Getting his very first birthday segment this week is Frank Hoyt Losey, L-O-S-E-Y, born March 18, 1870 in Parma, New York, to George Trimmer Losey, a carpenter, and Mary Jane Hoyt. His first musical training came from his mother, and he played piano, violin, cornet, and other brass instruments. He obtained a degree and became head of the brass department of the Mansfield Conservatory of Music in Pennsylvania, teaching and conducting the school's bands. Losey married Adeline August Moore in June of 1892, 
and four years later, his first march, Snapshot, was published. Losey was an active Freemason and wrote a number of marches dedicated to the organization, always with the word knight in the title. His primary publisher was Carl Fisher, and from around 1905, he insisted that opus numbers be applied to his works. In late 1908 or early 1909, Losey joined the Vandersloot Music Publishing Company as a staff composer, arranger, and editor, with his works published in two-color covers designed by Walter J. Dittmar. In 1914, he formed Losey's military band school in Erie, Pennsylvania, teaching not just brass, but all instruments. In 1919, and for the next nine years, Losey went to work for Thomas Edison as a consultant for his Diamond Disc project, and also worked for Edison's friend Henry Ford as an arranger. Frank Losey's health began to fail in the late 1920s, and he died of an unspecified illness on May 3, 1931, in Erie, Pennsylvania. Tunes from the Losey catalog include Frivolous Cupid, Dance of the Bumblebees, Louisiana Purchase Exposition March, and these.
the raucous Earl Fuller's famous jazz band with Slippery Hank, written by Frank Losey. That's from Victor 18321, recorded June 4, 1917, with Fuller on piano. Although it's hard to hear him over Harry Raderman on trombone, Walter Kahn on cornet, and John Lewis on drums. And you might have recognized that as Ted Lewis's gas pipe clarinet. Before that, the Edison Concert Band, with Diamond Disc 50164, August 1, 1914, with Losey's Dance of the Nile Maidens. And we started the segment with Patrick Conway's band, playing Losey's Opus 384, Trumpeter's Carnival. OK 4159 was made around December of 1919. One of the records I had picked out for last week's segment about the tipple was Nobody's Business If I Do by Tommy, T-O-M-M-I-E, Bradley. It was suggested that there was a tipple player on the recording, but I'm not sure, so I wound up not playing it last week. But here it is this week to start off a segment about business. Take a notion and jump into the ocean. Nobody's business if I do, 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 do. I give her my last nickel, she leaves me in a pickle. Nobody's business if I do.
boys, it ain't no business of mine, but we got to get the plan if we're going to make a dime, so let's go back now. Mountain Ramblers. Now listen here, folks, while I sing you a song. Of course, that's no business of mine. I would not offend you, do anything wrong. Of course, that's no business of mine. Oh, the gal says it's your business. Especially down in Knox County, down on Vine Street. I mean, round the town, temperance to preach. Of course, that's no business of mine. Would not drink anything out of their reach. Of course, that's no business of mine. These squires up here in Tennessee have put you in jail, though. You're not temperate. Well, that's their business, though. I guess you're right at that. <laughs> the men round the town, as I have been told, would not touch rum for a million in gold. Of course, the red noses was caused by the cold. Of course, that's no business of mine. St. James, down on Central Street, Street. What do you call it Central Street? Everybody makes their business down there. The girls round the town are all on the mash. They're looking for the guy that's got the most cash. They're like boiled potatoes, they're easy to mash. Of course, that's no business of mine. Like your money too, don't you? Tell me to do. They'll do it every time. On a country road is a nice place to go. Of course, that's no business of mine. With a girl in a Ford, that's not very slow. Horse, that's no business of mine. Drive that Ford one hand. That's a good way to drive, boy. The gal says she's not turning your business, doesn't she? I hardly ever say that. Well, sing it for me, won't you? I tell you, tis fine when the weather is grand. There's one little thing you must all understand. You'll have lots more fun if you drive with one hand. Of course, that's no business of mine. Whose business is it?
she loves me is nobody's business. How she can kiss, believe me, this is nobody's business. We met the preacher yesterday, and this is all I have to say. How I love her and she loves me is nobody's business. Nobody's business. She rolls her socks and tells a joke that's nobody's business. I love this baby, there's no doubt, and she knows what it's all about. But where we go when we step out is nobody's business. Ben Selvin and his orchestra, credited on the label of Banner 1657 as the Missouri Jazz Band, with Nobody's Business, recorded December 14, 1925. Arthur Fields provided the vocal refrain, and Nobody's Business was written by Clarence Gaskill. Before that, the Smoky Mountain Ramblers, with No Business of Mine. That's from Vocalion 5437, recorded in Knoxville, Tennessee, on March 28, 1930. The Smoky Mountain Ramblers were Hugh Cross, vocal and guitar, Raymond Gully, mandolin and banjo, and fiddlers Low Stokes and Homer Miller. We started off with Tommy Bradley and Nobody's Business If I Do. Champion 16698 was recorded January 16, 1932. Eddie Dimmitt is the mandolin player, but the washboardist, or is that washboarder, is unidentified. Porter Granger and Everett Robbins published their version of the folk tune as Taint Nobody's Business, B-I-Z hyphen N-E-S-S, if I do, in 1922. It was first recorded that year by Anna Myers, backed by the original Memphis Five, but the following year was a hit for Bessie Smith. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all of our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. I often have more candidates for a particular segment than I have time to play, and that happened with last week's segment dedicated to George B. McConnell and this record which starts off a segment about not being able to see.
can't you see a love that's true don't close your eyes and send me away you'll not regret and love may come someday can't you see i want you near can't go on without you dear can't you see you're all the world to me can't you see that i love you Bertini and his band with Can't You See. British band leader Bertini's real name was Bert Gutzel. Not so sophisticated or continental sounding, so it's no wonder he used the single name Bertini. Bertini wrote Can't You See, and that's from Eclipse 78, number 607, made January 8, 1934. The Eclipse label was introduced in 1929 by the Crystallate Company and the records were sold in Woolworth stores for a sixpence. The 8-inch Eclipse records eclipsed the previous 7-inch Victory label, were cheaper to produce, and provided an extra minute of playing time. By 1935, Eclipse records were replaced by the Crown label of 9-inch records pressed on even cheaper Bakelite. We started with Mike Speciale and his Hotel Carlton Terrace Orchestra and I Can't See the Beautiful Sea, Unless It's Filled with Beautiful Girls, written by George B. McConnell and Clarence Gaskill. That's take A from September 9, 1925, issued on Edison Diamond Disc 51606. Friend and fellow vintage music broadcaster Joe Bosom posted on Facebook the other day that he had just watched the new Blu-ray DVD of the 1927 movie Wings accompanied by a new recording of the original score, including the love theme, Wings. This was originally going to be a segment about reminders, but Joe reminded me that Ken Sisson recorded the tune in 1928. I last played it in 2012, so here it is to start off a segment about Wings. Thank you. 
sing songs of the light wing bringing you near ever in my dreams lighting on moonbeams i can see bright wings bringing you near though i awaken find i'm mistaken faith is unshaken in you always yearning for your returning riding on white wings out of the blue
ever since the day you're sworn in much too early in the morning someone wakes you shivering yawning sleepy little head back upon the pillow falling can you hear a voice a calling it's the sergeant gently bawling stand beside your bed rise and shine ain't it fine you've got to get up you've got to get out before you know what it's all about Hurry and dress, the sergeant's raving over boots and buttons, slaving, no hot water left for shaving, get out on parade. In the kitchen, washing dishes, peeling spuds and cleaning fishes, I just keep on making wishes, wish I had a trade. All day long, I sing this plaintive song. I look through the window and look at the sky and wish, and I wish, oh, I wish I could fly. If I only had wings, Oh, what a difference it would make to things All day long I'd be in the sky Up on high Talking to the birdies that pass me by How the fellows would stare To see me roaring past them through the air Never tiring of the thrill it brings If I only had wings I'd be so fearless and bold That when the stories of my deeds were told You'd see my picture in the papers And they would proudly say The RAF and me just had another good day If I only had wings One little pair of those elusive things You would never hear me complain again If I only had wings things than just having fun and if we all can pull together and never never stop the RAF and me are gonna finish on top if I only had wings one little pair of those elusive things you would never hear me complain again if I only had wings if I Only Had Wings. That was Geraldo and his orchestra from Parlophone F-1791, November 16, 1940. The vocalist was Sid Collin, who co-wrote If I Only Had Wings with Ronnie Aldrich. Before that, I Wish I Had Wings, written by Harry M. Woods. That was the RMS Homeric Dance Orchestra, directed by Val B. Howarth, and was recorded on board the RMS Homeric. They first recorded it on April 28, 1933, with a solo vocal by Sam Brown, but that effort was rejected. They boarded the ship again on June 2nd and tried it again with an unidentified vocal trio that included Sam Brown, and that effort was issued on British Columbia CB-635. RMS Homeric was built for Norddeutscher Lloyd in Germany and was originally launched as the Columbus. 
It was ceded to Britain in 1919 as part of German war reparations and sold to the White Star Line, which operated the liner until 1935. We began that wing set with Ken Sisson and his orchestra with Wings, from the motion picture of the same name, composed by John Stepan Zamischnik. Eddie Thomas sang the Ballard MacDonald lyric on that February 29, 1928 recording on Brunswick 3859. Ken Sisson was primarily known as an arranger and worked for both Ben Burney and Paul Whiteman. He died at just 48 years of age, and one of his obituaries described his arrangements as lush, cellophane-coated, and ribbon-bedecked. I'm the rarely described as lush, cellophane-coated, and ribbon-bedecked Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs>